It's news time across the TCI, and coming up in today's newscast, locally, the Turks and Caicos Islands will be enforcing a landmark legislation to protect survivors of domestic abuse. Regionally, a baby succumbs to COVID-19 in Trinidad. And internationally, COVID-19 PCR testing market labeled Ripoff Jungle. And in sports, LeBron James shines as Los Angeles Lakers beat Boston Celtics. With the details, I am Ruthia Robinson. The Domestic Violence Ordinance of 2015 came into effect on the 3rd of December 2021. Previous legislation did not make provisions for persons who are cohabiting to obtain a protection order. In addition to the enforcement of the Domestic Violence Ordinance, other safety mechanisms and legal aspects for the operation of safe housing are being pursued. This has been a notable achievement for the people of Turks and Caicos Islands, particularly victims of domestic and intimate partner violence, who will now be afforded greater protection and support under the law. After being passed in the House of Assembly in 2015 as a part of a larger family legislation, the bill also consisted of the Child Care and Protection Ordinance, the Adoption Ordinance, the Family Law, Guardianship, Custody and Access to Children Ordinance, and the Domestic Violence Ordinance. The domestic violence ordinance is seen as an absolute necessity in the islands where acts of domestic violence are on the rise. The ordinance recognizes that domestic violence is a serious societal problem and that it is necessary to curb it by providing protection generally for all persons in a domestic setting, but it is recognized that women form the majority of victims of domestic violence. This significant milestone has been achieved through the sustained efforts of the Department of Gender Affairs within the Ministry of Home Affairs, Broadcasting, Energy and Utilities, and the Telecommunications Commission. The process to reform the family laws and address domestic violence began in 2009 under the leadership of the former director of the Department of Gender Affairs, Mrs. Rita Gardner, the Honorable Attorney General Ron Lee Brethwaite Knowles, QC, Mrs. Doreen Quelch-Stubbs, and many others in partnership with the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States. This particular legislation comes at a time when the world is shining a spotlight on violence against women and girls through the observance of the 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence, which takes place annually beginning on the 25th of November, the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women, and runs until the 10th of December, Human Rights Day. The Honorable Otis Morris, Minister of Home Affairs, stated that the government through the Department of Gender Affairs is taking a multifaceted and multidisciplinary approach to raising awareness of the new ordinance. In congratulating the government of the Turks and Caicos Islands on this achievement, Representative of the UN Women Multi-Country Office Caribbean, Tony Broadbur, emphasized the critical role the Department of Gender Affairs played in securing this legislation. UN Women is happy to have supported this process under the guidance of Mrs. Dickinson and through the consultations. Legislation is a critical step and UN Women stands ready to continue to support the Turks and Caicos Islands in strengthening effective protection and response measures to end violence against women. 
The Ministry of Tourism has updated the testing requirements for returning residents and visitors in accordance to the new CDC guidelines. In accordance with the guidelines, all air passengers two years or older with a flight departing to the U.S. from a foreign country at or after are required to show a negative COVID-19 viral test result taken no more than one day before travel, or documentation of having recovered from COVID-19 in the past 90 days, before they board their flight. This is in conjunction to all residents showing proof of vaccination e-certificate prior to entry, either in print or in digital display for verification. Failure to present e-certificates will result in denial of boarding. This new entry requirement is in addition to the United States entry requirement that took effect on the 8th of November 2021, which the U.S. policy states that all non-U.S. citizens who are non-immigrants over the age of 18 must show proof of being fully vaccinated for COVID-19 prior to entry. The Ministry of Education has announced an opportunity created by the Government of the United Kingdom which will make students from overseas territories eligible for scholarship loans to attend universities in the UK. To be eligible for loans for the academic year 2022-2023 to for tuition fees, you must meet the required criteria. You have to have settled status on arrival in the United Kingdom, come to the UK from a specified British overseas territories, and starting full-time or part-time undergraduate courses in the academic year of 2022-2023. to British Overseas Territory citizens who are residents in the UK and meet all other eligibility requirements will be entitled to fees at the UK student rate and to the financial support options available to UK students. Turks and Caicos Island students studying in the UK already benefit from being charged the same as British students for their tuition, as opposed to the more expensive international students' fee. TCI students will now be eligible to apply for a loan to attend many prestigious universities. For students studying at UK universities, tuition fees are capped at £9,250, as it is for British students who are residents in the UK. The Attorney General has announced the appointment of Eric Allen as the new Chief Valuation Officer with the responsibility for the operations and strategic management of the Valuation Department. Allen commented on his appointment saying that he is a passionate advocate of modernization and improved service standards in the built and natural environment. The Attorney General is reportedly thrilled to have Mr. Allen on board after a tireless search locally and across the Caribbean for a suitable professional. On the note of recent appointments, Wayneworth Hamilton has been named the new director of the Survey and Mapping Department. He brings with him over 20 years of experience in land surveying. Commenting on his appointment, Mr. Hamilton said that the work ahead of him in the role of which features re-engineering harmony among stakeholders and providing the technical expertise to advance the growth agenda of the government through the digitization of the survey and mapping department is closely related to his personal and professional ambitions. Lastly, Angie Bean was also appointed as Crown Counsel. She commented on her appointment saying that she is grateful for the opportunity to serve in this new role and she looks forward to a prosperous future. As per the Ministry of Health's 7th of December report, over the past 24 hours, three new cases of COVID-19 have been identified on the island of Providenciales. The number of active confirmed cases in the TCI now stands at 11. Nine new recoveries have been reported in the same time frame, and 39 new PCR tests were conducted, along with 726 new antigen tests. Zero persons have been hospitalized. 
That brings us to the end of this segment of the news. Coming up is regional news. Trinidad and Tobago Monday recorded the death of a baby from the coronavirus pandemic, as health authorities also warned that seven maternal virus-related deaths have been recorded in the country since the start of the year. The health ministry, in its latest bulletin, said that the newborn girl was one of the 19 people who succumbed to the virus over the past 24 hours, and that the death toll now stands at 2,281, since the first case was recorded in March of last year. The ministry said that people who died were 12 males and 5 females, including the baby. It said that those who died had multiple comorbidities, including diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, asthma, kidney disease, obesity, Parkinson's, and a history of strokes. According to the bulletin, Trinidad and Tobago recorded its second highest daily number of new cases, with 801 cases reported from samples taken between the 3rd and 5th of December. Meanwhile, the Director and Directorate of Women's Health, Dr. Adesh Surjusingh, reported Monday that seven maternal deaths, of which four were from COVID-19, have been recorded since the start of the year, representing an increase in maternal fatalities locally, which, since 2017, stood roughly at four. He told the Virtual Ministry of Health News Conference that 1,002 pregnant women contracted the disease locally as of the 3rd of December, and that the majority of these infections, 944, occurred this year. A total of 279 of these cases were recorded since October during this third wave of new infections. Dr. Adesh added that there have been four instances of transmission from a COVID-19 positive mother to the child. Outside of these instances, outside of these instances, he said there have been several occasions where COVID-19 led to complications in pregnancy, such as preterm births and stillbirths. Health authorities also reminded women that being pregnant places them at a high risk for an adverse outcome from COVID-19, which is why it is important that they get vaccinated. The Ministry of Health stated that the majority of cases of pregnant women contracting COVID-19 were among the unvaccinated. Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda Gaston Brown, in a statement last evening, condemned the murder of Nelta Telemac. Brown said of the victim, Nelta Telemac was in the prime of her youth at the age of 25. Engaged to be married later this month, trusting and benevolent in the face of trouble, and made to be the victim of calculatingly evil hands and murderous thoughts. Social Transformation Minister Dean Jonas said the government will be working diligently to eliminate gender-based crimes from Antigua and Barbuda. The ministry has been working diligently through the Directorate of Gender Affairs and with support from the Royal Police Force of Antigua and Barbuda to address the issue through policy, response services of the support and referral center, and engagement with international development partners to assist them in generally strengthening their institutional capacity. He continued to say that the gross disregard for life that some individuals demonstrate for others will not be tolerated, as this behavior is not acceptable and accountability for these crimes has to take place to deter others. Telemac's body was found on Sunday near a dump site, two days after she was reported missing. Police believe she was stabbed to death. She is Antigua and Barbuda's 14th murder victim for 2021. A suspect who is known to Talamac is assisting the police with their investigation. Still in regional news, 
Prime Minister of Barbados Mia Amor Motley made an impact on the world stage with her speech at the United Nations General Assembly and again in Glasgow at COP26. But her words and passion have not only shown her commitment to the environment, but it has seen her name etched once more into the archives of history as the United Nations Environment Program named her this year's Champion of the Earth for Policy Leadership. This accolade is the world body's highest environmental honor. Executive Director of the United Nations Environment Program, Inger Anderson, said Prime Minister Motley had been a champion for those who are most vulnerable to the triple planetary crisis of climate change, biodiversity and nature loss, and pollution and waste, adding that her passionate advocacy and policy achievements are prime examples of how world leaders can take bold, urgent action on environmental issues. When Barbados Prime Minister Mia Amor Motley stood up in front of the United Nations General Assembly earlier this year, she was not in a mood to pull punches. In front of world leaders, she described the faceless few who were pushing the world towards a climate catastrophe and jeopardizing the future of small island developing states like her own. The impassioned speech would grab headlines around the world, and for many, it was an introduction to Motley. But the Barbados Prime Minister, this year's champion of the earth for policy leadership, has spent years campaigning against pollution, climate change, and deforestation, turning Barbados into a frontrunner in the global environmental movement. Prime Minister Mia Motley of Barbados was honored in the policy leadership category for her powerful voice for a sustainable world coming from the global south, consistently raising the alarm about the vulnerability of small island developing states. The United Nations Environment Program calls the Prime Minister a driving force for climate action across the Latin American, and the Caribbean region, the first region to agree to the action plan for the UN Decade of Ecosystem Restoration. Under her leadership, Barbados has adopted ambitious renewable energy targets, committing to a fossil fuel-free electricity and transportation sector by 2030. At the same time, the country is implementing numerous conservation and restoration projects, from forests through cities to coastlines and the ocean. That brings us to the end of regional news. World News is next. PCR tests for travel are a rip-off jungle, former chairman of the Competition and Markets Authority, Lord Tyree, has said. Concerns regarding the price of tests have been raised again after the government announced people arriving in the UK would need to take a PCR test before the end of their second day, on the top of a pre-flight test. During the summer, the health secretary was forced to launch an investigation with the CMA to look into the operation of firms who were advertising tests. Thousands of consumers complained that they never received results for tests they ordered and paid for, which were listed on gov.uk. Lord Tyree, a former MP and chairman of the Treasury Select Committee, said, It appears that some of the worst practices, misleading online advertisements, overpricing, unacceptably poor service among them, are still widespread. The laboratory and testing industry organization, which works with the government to ensure the UK testing industry has high ethical and professional standards, said the government had failed to enforce accuracy on its providers list. Christmas is typically a busy time for the travel industry, with friends and families crossing borders to reunite for celebrations. Vaccinations will make travel easier for those who choose to travel, but the new Omicron variant means testing is necessary again. Lord Tyree, who criticized the government and the CMA in August for their management of the market, warned that, that, 
warned then that the government must take advantage of the gap between the summer and the busy winter travel period to sort this out once and for all. As the government has reintroduced the need for more testing associated with travel, the Department of Health and Social Care has approached many private providers to see if they could increase their testing capacity to meet the increased demand. The government is understood to be closely monitoring the performance of providers with a two-strike process. Those deemed to have failed on standards would be removed from the gov.uk list. Private providers may be reinstated to the list once they have undertaken corrective action and provided the department with evidence to show this. A Department of Health and Social Care spokesperson said they've been clear that it is unacceptable for any private testing company to take advantage of holiday makers. The government has taken action to drive down the cost of tests for international travel, with the average price of a two-day test now under £45, with many available for £20. Chile's Congress voted on Tuesday to approve a bill legalizing same-sex marriage, clearing the way for it to become law. The Chamber of Deputies, the lower house of Congress, passed the bill with 82 votes in favor, 20 against, and two abstentions. The bill had already been approved by Chile's Senate. The motion was first presented in 2017 by Socialist President Michelle Bachelet, but stalled in Congress until current President Sebastian Piñera voiced his support. Piñera, a right-wing conservative politician, said earlier this year that he supported marriage equality. He is expected to now sign the bill into law. Piñera said in June, This way, all people without distinguishing by sexual orientation will be able to live, love, and form a family with all the protection and dignity that they need and deserve. Piñera's term as president is winding down, with a runoff vote between candidates Jose Antonio Cas and Gabriel Boric scheduled for later this month. Chile has legally recognized same-sex civil unions since 2015. Legalizing same-sex marriage would provide equal rights to same-sex couples, such as the right to adopt children. Across Latin America, same-sex marriages are allowed in Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Uruguay, and parts of Mexico. Finally, in international news, Google has sued hackers believed to be a part of a cybercrime gang that has stolen user information from around the world. A complaint names two Russians and 15 unknown individuals said to be behind Gliteba, a malicious botnet that has infected over a million computers. Criminals use these systems of compromised devices to hack private data. It is the first case Google has launched against botnet. Glepteba's malicious software, which was first detected in 2011, is spread by third-party download sites, online movie streaming services, and a website which fraudulently purported to be affiliated with YouTube, which is owned by Google. Private information stolen through the botnet can be used to commit crimes like fraud. Court documents allege that Glepteba botnet stands out from others because of its technical sophistication. Mrs. Theravakov and Flipov the only two hackers whose names were known could not be immediately located for comment on the charges. In a blog post, Google disclosed that a company investigation had found Glepteba currently involved with approximately a million compromised Windows devices. At times, the botnet is believed to grow at a rate of thousands of new devices per day. The blog post said, Glepteba is notorious for stealing users' credentials and data, mining cryptocurrencies on infected hosts, and setting up proxies to funnel other people's internet traffic through infected machines and routers. Google believes it has disrupted the hacker's key command and control infrastructure, preventing those behind Glepteba from having control of the botnet for now. The lawsuit accuses Mr. Stafikov and Mr. Flipov 
and the 15 unnamed defendants of computer fraud and abuse, trademark infringement, and several other charges. The legal action is being brought under the Racketeer-Influenced and Corruption Organizations Act, which is often used to prosecute members of organized crime groups such as the mafia, outlaw biker gangs, or drug trafficking networks. A report from the Center of Strategic and International Studies and computer security firm McAfee found that cybercrime led to nearly $1 trillion in losses in 2020. That concludes news from around the world. Stay tuned with 89FM. Sports is up next. LeBron James scored 30 points to lead the Los Angeles Lakers to 117-102 win over the Boston Celtics in the NBA. James, who turns 37 later this month, was ably assisted by Russell Westbrook, who contributed 24 points and 11 assists, and Anthony Davis, who racked up 17 points and 16 rebounds. Jason Tatum scored a game-high 34 points in defeat for the Celtics. The Lakers have won five of their past eight games and are sixth in the Western Conference. Elsewhere, Kevin Durant scored 11 points in the fourth quarter as the Brooklyn Nets swept back from 17 points adrift to beat the Dallas Mavericks 102-99 on the road. Teammate James Harden added 23 points, 12 assists, and 9 rebounds in a polished all-round performance, while the Mavericks' Luka Doncic scored a game-high 28 points on his comeback from an ankle sprain. In the evening's final game, the New York Knicks broke a three-game losing streak with 121-109 away win with the San Antonio Spurs. R.G. Barrett was the star for the visitors, scoring 32 points. Sri Lanka soundly trashed the West Indies cricket team over the weekend to secure not just a win in the second test, but a series win. The West Indies lost by a whopping 164 runs on the final day of the second test at the Galley International Stadium as Sri Lanka claimed a series win 2-0. The lone top scorers for the Windies did not even manage a half century. Kyle Mayers scored 45 runs as the Windies collapsed at 132. Chasing 297 to win, the West Indies reached 65-2 in the second innings at lunch but were bowled out for 132 in the third session. They lost their last eight wickets for 40 runs. That brings us to the end of our sports coverage and wraps up today's newscast. I will be back with your headlines. Here are some of the headlines that we covered today. Locally, the Turks and Caicos Islands will be enforcing a landmark legislation to protect survivors of domestic abuse. Regionally, a baby succumbs to COVID-19 in Trinidad. 
Internationally, COVID PCR testing market labeled Ripoff Jungle. And in sports, LeBron James shines as Los Angeles Lakers beat the Boston Celtics. Thank you for joining us on today's newscast. If you missed today's newscast, you can check out our podcast page or simply find these and other stories on our website or in the Android Play Store app for Radio Turks and Caicos. I am Ruthia Robinson. Enjoy the remainder of your day.